Welcome to the PC Gamer UK podcast. My name is Samuel Roberts, and I'm joined today by Tom Senior, Phil Savage, Andy Kelly. This is the Top 100 special of PC Gamer, and uh, what that means is we came into this room with a vague brief of we'll talk about the PC Gamer Top 100, which came out in the magazine about a month ago, and it's just as of today on Friday the 20th of uh, August. I can't remember what day it is. 26th. 26th. Um, it is on the website, and you can go read it at www.pcgamer.com, so you can go check that out. Um, and we want to talk a bit about the uh, the list itself and like the decisions behind it, and just to pick out some of the games that we find the most interesting. Really, um, we've actually got physical props with us. We've got the magazine. Yeah, we've brought the magazine. Those pages. <laughs> you can hear what you're hearing right now is print media. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, um, the top 100 is. Uh, we talked a bit about it before on the um, the nominations episode, where we all pick uh, like our 15 favorite games. It's us, our American team, our Australian team. Brackets, Sean, and um, <laughs> yeah. our free. Answers, uh, including Matt Elliott, Daniela Lucas, and some other ones I've forgotten, but um, are also valued. Stephen Messner. Um, yes, I, we're going to forget somebody, so we might as well stop now. But they're all uh, they all contributed to the list. They write about their favourite games, and yeah, we pick them out. And it's not designed to be the hundred uh, greatest games ever. It's a hundred like amazing PC games that you would play today. Uh, that you know that you would recommend to people. Um, the, well, that we recommend to people, mm-hmm. and uh, most people get the brief of what it is in terms of like uh, people reading it on the internet. Not everyone does. It's, uh, it's some surprising. People, some people see top 100 and just assume that if you don't put like a very old game like System Shock. System Shock's a good example in that it's it's very good yeah, uh, or it's very influential and you can see that as games of that time go it's really good but it's a bugger to get playing today. Like it's actually really difficult to control. The interface is all up over the shop and even just buying it and playing it is a bit... Yeah, and like, um, also, it's got a remastered edition coming out. So, um, yeah. you know, providing that's as good as the demo is, then that may turn out to, you know, reemerge at some point, just as a homeworld is in this list. But I think missed a couple of years, and yeah, yeah, it'll, I'm sure it will have a resurgence at some point. But nonetheless, um, there are some really interesting, cool games in this year in this year's list. I thought that we um, we had a lot more change than I expected, but mm. I guess it's not too surprising. But this was a year in the last year we've had like XCOM and uh, you know like The Witcher Three. Well, more of us played The Witcher Three in the last yeah. year, um, and also the DLC turned out to be so spectacular for that RPG, and uh, also the likes of uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, Rocket League. Like, there's a whole bunch of new games in here, and it's shaken up the list quite a lot. Yeah. So I think there's like three or four en- new entries in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also cool seeing like at number ninety-seven, like Stardew Valley's there. Uh, which was only your choices, Phil. Yes. Uh, like, uh, it's cool to see games like that. Like, it's it's a, that's a game made by one person, and obviously it's been a huge success. But it, what I like about the list is that it, it kind of reflects PC gaming on every single sort of scale. So you do have a game like MGS5 that's made by, like, 200-plus people. Then you have a, this made by one person, and, like, it's a, a level playing field mm. to some extent. Yeah, well, that's the thing, because we're picking, like, top 15. We're picking top 15 from like experiences we've had recently like things we've enjoyed recently things we'd go we'd, we'd be likely to go back to and Stardew Valley is something that I've put an enormous amount of time into over the last year how how, how many hours now I've forgotten because I've actually after I finished my first year I sort of set it aside and haven't gone back uh, I couldn't tell you how many hours now uh, <laughs> but, but it's been a lot uh, as 
my repeated mentions of it on earlier episodes of the podcast can attest to. Yeah, so, it yeah, was sort it, of mixed with a bit of self-loathing as well. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> Some mid to light self-loathing. A lot of things I do <laughs> are mixed with a little bit of a sprinkle of self-loathing. Well, you, hey, hey, you're talking to the guy who got uh, Rocket League into this list. Um, <laughs> like, uh, you know, and that's I only play Rocket League because of self-loathing. Uh, Tom Senior, hello. you've lived through many of these lists now. I've done a few of them now, actually. I'm a, a, sort of a top 100 veteran. And it's always, um, I kind of enjoy how much it shifts every year. And kind of, I enjoy trying to pick out a trend in what's happened. And it's kind of arbitrary because it's just some staff changes and some people just like things more than others. So yeah. this is not a scientific process by any means, <laughs> uh, as much as some corners of the internet might, you know, accidentally think so. Um, and this year it feels like there are some just really cool new stories being told in games that haven't appeared in previous top 100. So there's 80 days in there and there's her story yeah. and there's Life is Strange have all kind of leapt up into the top 100. And th- these are really cool kind of new uh, kind of settings for games and new types of character and types of, you know, storytelling. Uh, and that's kind of really exciting shift that's happened. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, the three games you pick out there are all storytelling focused mm. games that all do it in completely different ways. And mm. that's that's in one year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's super exciting. Uh, that, that sits alongside all the great stuff like... Um, your great RPGs, like it's kind of telling that um, a, a really quite uh, an old school RPG in many ways has taken the top spot in The Witcher Three, and that you know we still we still love those kind of classic genres, but um, are, are excited about the new stuff at the same time. And the top one hundred always reflects that, I think, even though it's quite a kind of. Uh, it's, it's slightly haphazard the way it comes together. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get into that. Hey, it's not. It's, I don't want to say it's like uh, half-assed and fraught. It's not. It's just. Uh, it's just a bit tense, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit tense. Um, it's only because it's it, it inevitably happens after E3 when we start planning it, and obviously yeah. everyone's busy throughout E3 because it's a busy time for you know games journalists who have cushy lives like us and then like um yeah it's straight into this and and suddenly it's, it seems like the most exhausting thing in the world after e3 like it's a big I, old feature as well isn't it i mean it's how many pages this time it's oh like, i think like what's it say on the front 28 pages wow there you go 28 pages of just writing about the piece of games we love which is you know yeah great. what was i thinking like i think it, <laughs> i think it crashed in design like three times while i was proofing it like yeah. uh it's a big old thing but um yeah. I, I'm, pr- I'm proud of this list and i have been of the last two that i've worked on because a, it's bigger, which means you get more words on each game. So, you know, we get to justify the entries a bit more. Mm, or, you nice, know, yeah. or, or me and Phil get to express like a, <laughs> a mild apathy towards Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> I love I, how many people have picked that out. I love <laughs> the, uh, the yeah. reason that with the Fallout Vegas is lower than some some people are genuinely suggesting the reason that Fallout New Vegas is lower than Fallout 4 Analyst is because I criticized it for being a bit too brown. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like it's, uh, I, I do like New Vegas, and as I say in the uh, in the list itself, which you can read on our website, uh, I say that it's like it's the diver- diverging main quest is really impressive, but mm. it's not a great world to explore New Vegas, like uh, to me. Yeah. And I think Fallout Four does have a better world um, mm. and more interesting side quests, which I don't think New Vegas has loads of good side quests either. Mm. But you know, um, it's all it is all subjective. It is by no means us telling people what to think it's just meant to be a fun thing and the, the main thing is discovery as well like mm. i hope people pick up a game they've never played before because they've read our banter and the li- banter i'm sorry our words in the list and uh yeah i think it's- part of it as well like the uh, big lists uh i mean some people can get a bit too excited too angry about them but um there is like something really fun about just kind of getting together with friends in the pub and actually having a an, a fun argument about what is better than what and it's a way way to kind of <laughs> think about games and kind of to um to kind of streamline the way you think about games in an argument when you have to, have to justify something it's kind of an interesting way to 
think critically about you know why you like something and why it's better than something else yeah and it's just good fun i think it's a, it's quite productive in some ways i, I completely agree uh, maybe something that doesn't uh, necessarily come across from this as well is that like um different writers uh like choices really are reflected in this so yeah one of the most important things i think about having tony ellis on our magazine our production editor more than any more than the fact that he makes the magazine uh, good and if he went um you know i'd be revealed as a <laughs> sham of an editor so much trouble <laughs> um he always picks and Acronox yes. um, yeah. and that means that this slightly unusual JRPG made by Ironstorm uh, you know like 15 years ago it still gets on the list so you have this really broad reflection of like you know the different eras of PC gaming admittedly most of it is like 90s onwards in fact I think all of it is yeah I don't think, I'm pretty sure there's no games but then, uh, from the 80s as somebody angrily tweeted <laughs> <laughs> what, weeks ago. when we accused of burying the past Phil I think so or yeah. burying PC gaming's history as so. if I have that power I am I'm actually <laughs> trying to do that actively <laughs> uh, but Steam haven't responded to any of my petitions <laughs> Uh, but like that's just a sign that like PC gaming is in rude health and like mm. um, yeah and so I, I want to ask Andy about some of his choices because just to get him involved in the uh, in the conversation. But like uh, Euro Truck Simulator uh, number yes. eighty two, Andy. So it's Euro Truck and not American Truck so far. Then it's just a more complete game, I guess. Yeah, it's just better, better setting, more um, something more romantic about Europe than America to me. Yeah, we we uh, we yeah. divided. Yeah, we're that should be a face-off. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, America v Europe, which is best. I, know, I just prefer. <laughs> I've talked about this many, many times before. I feel like I've, I've spoken about and written about Euro Truck so much that I've got the same like pre-prepared. Mm. I feel like a game developer doing an interview about a game that you've done like fifteen interviews in a row. All so right, like, you got the prescribed answer, which is just rain-soaked motorways to me are more pleasant to drive down than sort of dusty desert roads. I'm I, 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 something about the the greyness, the bleakness of European motorways that I just find very compelling and, and evocative. Well, since you're doing this like it's a developer interview, do you want to use the word visceral as yeah. well to explain it? Or, you know, yeah. it, was it built from the ground up? Was it built from the ground up for next gen? Probably, yeah, it probably was built from the ground up. It's not very visceral, though. <laughs> it's, not, it's not, yeah, it's, it's, right, it's ambient. Like, as much as I like the atmosphere of American truck simulator i did also vote for ets because it is the more complete package yeah, like it's, massive, it's like, huge yeah. the, the number of dlcs like add loads to it as well scandinavia um, is brilliant well, yeah. like get that expansion and go for a drive from like uh like denmark all the way up to norway and you see some of the best scenery in the game uh, and it's kind of the opposite of the dreary motorways it's actually quite uh, beautiful and yeah, amazing vistas and yeah, especially in Norway, there's some it's amazing vistas. Yeah, so start in like Poland and do some boring motorways, and then work your way up to Scandinavia and see some amazing uh, mountainous vistas, and then go to Manchester and think, well, this is yeah. this is not what Manchester looks and like. The, the developers were uh, joking that it's a good thing they didn't call it European Union Truck Simulator, otherwise I'd have to like delete Britain <laughs> after uh, Brexit goes through. If Brexit goes through. Or they could have just they renamed the uh, UK one uh, British Empire uh, <laughs> Truck Simulator. Glorious British the Empire Truck Simulator. <laughs> yeah, yeah Euro Trucks just it's always on sale for like four quid. The expansions cost a bit of extra money, but they are often on sale as well. And it's just it's just a great ambient experience. Like a, I often call it a screensaver for your brain. Like you just turn it on and just you know get lose yourself for an hour and listen to drive through Germany and listen to German rock radio. 
I think like um, I, I really like having uh, truck sim games in there. Like um, much as when we did our first E3 show, like two E3s ago, like having American Truck Simulator there was almost a badge of honor in, mm. in a lot of ways because it was sure. like we wanted yeah. to represent. It's the you only know, sim I'd recommend because most like ninety nine percent, maybe less than that, ninety five percent of simulator games are like shoddily made, un- unplayable you know, half-baked rubbish, whereas ETS is the rare example of a truck sim that has polish and is a good game in its own right. Mm. It, like, it pays attention to the world-building enough that there's not, like, so many trucks or so many simulators fall apart when you try to do anything that isn't one of the prescribed actions yeah. that drive forward the job that you're supposed to be doing, whereas a truck simulator doesn't really have those loose edges as much. It's, yeah. You know, you, you can do dumb shit and you will be fined for it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you'll find for it. But you'll and be it fine looks good. That, that sets apart as it has. It has nice when you you know when the sun's pouring through the window or the rain's streaking across the windshield. It looks nice, whereas most sim games look very you know cobbled together and low low fidelity and quite ugly. Whereas ETS has moments, especially if you're playing like a high resolution and pump all the graphics settings up. It, it can occasionally look. Especially when it's raining, you know, amazing. So. That's cool. The uh, other thing about the other great thing about having Euro Truck in there is it kind of annoyed 4chan when they discovered the top 100 <laughs> a few it? weeks ago. Yeah, it was great. It's worth finding the archive of that thread because whoever was posting up the pages was doing it really slowly. Like they did do one spread at a time and then leave it, and you so you just see the anticipation and kind of despair build and build. And it was very entertaining. It's, Why were they upset about Euro Truck? Because uh, I don't know, I, don't, I I just thought they'd have been quite. Oh, you know, you forget that some people just think that Sims are trash and yeah. not not worth celebrating. It's they, it's, they can be. They're some some are good. It's funny because like uh, we've had a an interesting divide of comments so far where I think people appreciate and understand what the list is to some degree. However, there are still people who say this list is so wrong. And, um, you know, because opinions can be wrong, obviously. To those obviously. people I say, come write your own list and you can feel good about that. Dude, yeah. Share but, your own top ten in the comments, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. put Minesweeper at the top, see if we care. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, do that. Um, there's <laughs> there's uh, something that uh, always ends up in the list as well, Andy. Uh, one of your choices is Broken Sword and Shadow of the Templars. And, like, uh, you must have written about that hanky thing, like, so many times now. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, uh, what you didn't you recently just play that again? Yeah, um, I think I, it's the game I've replayed the most of all games I think because uh, I originally had it on PlayStation then I had it on PC and then I, I've put it, so I finished it on PlayStation finished it on PC like four times or something and finished it on the Nintendo DS once um, I just something very replayable about it I think it's just one of those games you like to it's like rewatch I'm the kind of person that rewatches a film like 15, 20, 30 times just because I like to be in the mindset of like enjoy the atmosphere and feel like I'm in that. I mean, sure, world. Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's a classic. That, yeah, but, you know. Professor to the Clumps, you know, <laughs> watch that on, yeah, in 4K Blu-ray, just to really get lost in that universe. <laughs> but yeah, so it's in the same re- in the same way, I, I wa- I've watched Blade Runner and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross 500 times each, and will continue to do so forever. It's the reason I keep replaying Sh- uh, Shadow of the Templars. It's just a, a great, you know, has a brilliant atmosphere. It's kind of like it has, curiously, has the atmosphere of like a sort of uh, British ITV crime drama. It's kind of, it's kind of, it deals with murder in, a, in the occult, but it's kind of gentle and uh, relaxing. You know, it's got, and, 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 and it's, you know, by no coincidence, the music's by Barrington Fairlong, Felong, who did the music for like 
moss and stuff like that. Oh, really? So mm-hmm. The whole game That's has cool. that kind of... Uh, you know, most games don't have that atmosphere. There's something quite British about it, even though it's set in France and stars an American. But <laughs> it's made by a British team. So it has that kind of sensibility of, like, old, kind of old-school, you know, Miss Marple, <laughs> uh, Inspector Moss-type British uh, crime drama. Well, it's always reassuring to see it there. Yeah. Um, and, you that, you know, the, the moist tanky thing is one of the best running gags in any game where you have just everyone you meet, no matter what walk of life they're from, or even if they're pointing a gun at you, uh, you could just take out a moist tanky and see what they think about it. <laughs> that's just very adventure games. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. No, that's, that's, that's cool. Um, are there any uh, entries that we think uh, are higher than they should be? Like uh, personally, from like personal perspective, like because uh, like as individuals, there are. I feel, I feel like I'd be betraying the brand <laughs> to even yeah, comment. No, you're allowed to. You're allowed to yeah. have these opinions, Sam. You're uh, to be angry about. I um I probably would personally put the new Wolfenstein in there instead of Return to Castle mm, Wolfenstein. Yes, that's mm. uh, very much a you know like um but it, you know it's voted that way because our, our editor John Strike is very fond of that game and I like that game too and like uh, it's not. a a big deal to me but like um th- i see new wolfenstein as a personal pick from uh, chris thurston uh from pc yeah, gamer pro that was, that was good to have I mean, i'm glad that it appeared somewhere in the list yeah it didn't it didn't appear in that game of the year the year it came out and yeah. i think that's the greatest crime yeah we more than it not being here we is. talk about that yeah quite a lot about how uh, we regret uh it not making the game of the year 2014 list mm. like mm. there are still readers mm. out there who give a shit <laughs> and haven't just moved on with their lives but yeah. i'm very fond of that game yeah. and um yeah we should have given that uh, an award i don't know if skyrim belongs in the top 10 but that's just a personal thing i prefer I think, uh, our games personally like yeah skyrim's above like deus ex eve online bioshock mass effect Skyrim's an interesting one to me because uh, this this is another source of complaints that we get from the top 100 is like, oh, Skyrim's not good unless you use mods is the thing that people often say. But Skyrim's a game in which you can use mods. Like, it's got the infrastructure to let you use mods and the mods are there. So as far as I'm concerned, they're sort of part of the game. They're part of... It, like, implicitly putting Skyrim in and as high as it is says, this is a great platform for mods as well as just a good game yeah yeah it's a very good point i think everyone's played skyrim so much that you start to see what's wrong with it which is like endlessly repeated handful of quite boring dungeons with an unsatisfying reward at the end and sort of janky inhuman characters and it's one of those things where it's everyone loved it but you've played it so much that you can't help but just see its many failings and it. it's quite shallow and it was the it sort of paved the road to Fallout 4 which is like yeah. the most shallow game Bethesda have made I think they, they make quite their games are getting increasingly kind of there's not many branching quests in uh, Skyrim I found or you know nothing that mm. none of the quests are that sort of they don't create much interesting stories kind of thing it's quite an experiential thing though Bethesda RPGs are all, uh, seem to me to be more about just being in the world and kind of absorbing yeah, it and in I think, that respect it's brilliant like, yeah it's it, amazing it's one of my favourite you know game worlds there's a great variety in it you forget sometimes that it's not just all snow it's, there's like that brilliant um, area where it's all hot springs you know that sort of volcanic yeah, yeah. area and there's the you know the there's near Riften, woods and which is the, silver, the autumnal woods yeah, yeah the silver birch is down there it's yeah a it's, really, got, a, it's got a great variety like even up on the sort of coast it feels really barren and icy and mm. so it's a great world but i think that bethesda's sort of are, are, are making their rpgs streamlined to the point of them not feeling very rpg like i don't know like i i think it's uh i think the, the the problem is that maybe those interactions are now so familiar 
um, like in terms of uh, the kind of format set out in Oblivion is largely still intact with Fallout 4, Mm. like in terms of the way you interact with the world and how quests work and everything. And perhaps that's due like an overhaul um, for the next Elder Scrolls game or whatever Bethesda makes next. Certainly, like, yeah. It's like, been more yeah. reactive. We talked about that last time, I think, where no one, you can be, you know, you, you can go and save the world and no one cares afterwards. No one mentions that you can be like stood there in day, full Daedric armor and no one says a word about it or just or talks about how your face looks. And it's quite bad. It it feels like you're, you're not, tu- you're not reaching in and touching the world. You feel like it's, you're just a sort of hovering outside of it a bit like no one really acknowledges stuff you do you do that well yeah someone might you know a pedestrian might go it's the hero of kavach however in oblivion but Mm. yeah it's quite bad at making you feel like you're having an impact in the world like you can be simultaneously head of the college of winterhold and uh, in charge of the dark brotherhood and you know no one really no one really acknowledges that you're this figure that seems to have the biggest impact anyone's a single person's ever had on skyrim (laughs) like you don't feel like that yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Who knows if they'll address that sort of stuff in future? Like, um, it's like, very really hard to do. Yeah, like yeah. you said on the, in response to that guy's question last week. Um, but yeah, yeah like uh, here's I think the original Mass Effect at number eighteen in our list is slightly too high. I actually think Mass Effect Two is slightly too high as well. Okay, like, interesting. I do enjoy. I, I love the Mass Effect series, uh, but I think now that I'm out of it, now that I've sort of finished it and I've put it behind me, I, I look at it at number four and I think, oh god, that is. Like in terms of the best PC games ever, that seems. Yeah, and I'm totally down with that. I'd put it happily at like two number two spot for me. It's yeah. I'm a big I'm a big fan too. Like it's but it's it's a tough toss up because like from uh, number six you've got MGS five, The Phantom Pain. Number five you've got Dishonored, and number four you've got Mass Effect two. Like those are all games that I love, and I don't know where I I, I couldn't really choose necessarily one or the other in terms of like where I'd put them in that list. But I think. The fact they're all acknowledged is fine with me. Um, is there anything in particular about Mass Effect Two that you're you kind of apathetic towards, Phil, or you think is overrated? No, I don't think so. Like I, I did really enjoy it at the time, but I think I loved it more while I was kind of in that series and playing it and kind of enjoying it and going back and doing things. And I don't know. I think I'd shift it down a few places now that I'm out and kind of back enjoying other things and something else that's likely to happen over time is that the elements like the uh, facial animation and stuff are going to become dated so it's going to seem worse over time like I don't see it always being in the top 10 and that's you know I mean Mass Effect 1 has always had criticism for it's like inventory systems and interface stuff Mm -hmm. and like as games continue to get sort of slicker or that sort of thing that's going to become more of a problem it's something we've seen from it's why there aren't as many games from like the very early 90s or any from the 80s or whatever because like in fact did the original XCOM make this list I don't think it did for probably the first time hmm. I think it is because it's just really difficult to play like it's I think you you recommend that to any new newer PC gamer. If you're saying like these are the hundred games you should check out if you are new to PC gaming, they're gonna put that on and it's just gonna be overwhelming. And same with the original Fallout. I tried playing that recently and it's a miserable experience. It's so <laughs> so hard. Yeah, that first but you come out of the <laughs> yeah. vault and you're fighting rats and that really boring tunnel network and it's like mm. the pace is so ponderous and just modern brains are tuned differently, you know. There's still great things in the original Fallout when you get to the first town and you're mm. doing all that, you know. RPG stuff you're talking to people and getting immersed in the world that's great but the combat is you you 
stumble into your first like ghoul infested area it's just so slow mm. and yeah, yeah it's a lot like that like yeah XCOM Fallout um, but there's also some that are just on the cusp of it as well I think or like haven't quite hit the point where they they seem too much hassle to really make the top 100 like Deus Ex is the obvious example like that still scores very highly despite as we, as we were talking about earlier the fact that you have to stand still where you are for your crosshair to slowly settle on the person you want to shoot I like that because it's you it simulates you holding your gun and, and aiming doesn't it so yeah, but it's really fucking dumb. It's, yeah. it, it makes more sense for the crossbow than it does for like the pistol. I think that aiming system. Yeah, like for the pistol. I mean, I, I see what you're saying, Andy. But at the same time, you're meant to be like a bio-enhanced super soldier. Mm. And it doesn't simulate what it would actually be like in a gunfight. You wouldn't stand still in, in open air, like you know, slowly aiming. You know, any second sure. now. But any second. Can you? Is there a mod you can turn that off? I'm probably. sure someone's probably made that. Maybe. Almost certainly. That's at number thirteen. But I don't. Um, I don't mind having DSX there because no, like, I think um, right now, like it is still such a kind of singular and interesting thing. It's worth pushing through the difficulty of getting used to you know the early 2000s interface and stuff like that and push through with it the design's still great yeah for sure in a decade's time is that still going to be the case or are you people going to be putting on deus ex and thinking what is this this is oh yeah maybe Uh, it's it's uh, the sort of uh, i think we talked about this before but really a kind of like spruce up for that game the original maintaining its systems but maybe refining like the interactions a little bit I would quite like to see that. Um, there is think, an update yeah. on Steam, isn't there? An official there sort is, of um, uh, tidies up a bit. And... Yeah, like, there's been some big overhaul mods and stuff as and well. There's one that's but... like you can just install on for the Steam store. Yeah, I don't know what it's it, called though. But, yeah, what it's called. It you know makes it modernizes some of it. I don't it's know like if it fits. Sex revision or something that's like that. It, yeah, yeah, and it does like uh, add some modern sort of um, visual and control stuff and interface stuff. So if you're going to play the original DSX, maybe. Investigate that. To investigate that, yeah. Uh, Tom Senior. Hello. As someone who's lived through multiple top 100s, I say lived through like you uh, <laughs> survived a seriously traumatic yeah, it is event. Like that, that's yeah. how it <laughs> much, yeah, it's like Mad Max. <laughs> um, how how have you found like sort of list the list changes according to like writers leaving or joining PC Gamer? Like, how have you found that sort of changing over the years? Uh, well, it's kind of interesting because you see like people writers champion certain games that are quite key to their identity on quite formative games that you kind of hold on to and have an emotional attachment to and then when writers leave they kind of disappear off the list sometimes if they like if someone's putting I, I, I always put Company of Heroes really high um, and if I left then not many, not many people really play Company of Heroes or will have played it or will probably ever have the urge to play it and so that might just disappear out of the top 100 mm. uh, so you do kind of lose these these passion uh, kind of passion entries but then of course they're replaced by the new writers and they bring their own kind of takes on it yeah it's interesting because i looked at um the top 100 list from 1999 which mm. is actually i think within that was like the second year i was reading pc gamo as a kid and like um there were you know there were actually like i think three racing games in the top 10 including like grand prix and uh Toka. like <laughs> um and i just thought that it's an interesting thing now i think there's like one racing game in the top 100 and like um these this is like fashioned according to our taste it doesn't claim to be you know the the best games of all time definitively it's it's we very clearly set out that it's it's what our writers think and that's part of the appeal of it as well i think you know it's yeah, just seeing it change we had um um when graham and rich uh, graham smith and rich mccormick used to play fifa every single lunchtime and they just got massively massively into it fifa was suddenly a big part of the top 100 because yeah. it was both a big part of their gaming lives 
And um, it was still like as worthy an entry as a lot of other games because FIFA is amazing in its own way. It's just interesting how the, the staff changes really kind of change the, the tastes that come in and out of the, the list. Yeah. I feel like I should have put Dirt Rally in there and thinking about that'd be a good one in terms of like if I had to recommend a more than driving game on PC I'd say that I think um, I, I was pleased to see Burnout Paradise in there I think that's yeah. a really good shout for a, just I a... tried playing that recently on PC and I remember thinking it just felt too it felt a little bit old fashioned yeah. because you, you're so spoiled by modern racing physics now and and sort of that weighty handling feel that modern racing games have and you yeah. go back to Burnout and it's quite like if it was quite, yeah. We had a reader emailing actually um, from somebody like actually saying that I mean they're not a fan of Burnout Paradise by any means, but they they were like finally you put an actual racing game in the top one hundred. Yeah. It was about time. Yeah. Um, so consider Dirt Rally there in spirit. <laughs> there are other racing games that like um, I would possibly also nominate myself. So like um, Need for Speed Most Wanted is a, a good kind of extension of like what Burnout Paradise is. It's made by Criterion as well, and like uh, I think it was even free on Origin a little while ago. Probably. A which is just insane, really. Was Most Wanted the good one? They did a few, didn't they? Uh, was it Hot Pursuit that was... Hot Pursuit was good, too. Was, um, yeah. Most Wanted was the one that was in the open world where you could seamlessly like start racing challenges and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that sort of stuff. And it was uh, impressive, for sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, it's true, Tom Senior. You always pick certain things. Like I think like a Dawn of War is always your personal pick as well. Yeah, and I, I always put Green Fandango in there because uh, I think that because I actually played it last year and it's still just really funny. And uh, frankly, you can play it with a guide and get just a huge, good, nice time out of it. And like Andy, uh, it's a game I like to sort of settle into just for the world alone. It's got so much to offer, I think. Um, and that kind of won't ever change because that's part of you know the the little cache of games that may be love games that that's a big part of that that i always feel like i have to represent it and and, and champion it and the same goes stuff like homeworld and um company of heroes and other and dawn of war um those are just the games i've loved um and i think everyone has that uh but i wonder like for you sam so like you you love rocket league but you have like an interesting uh on again off again relationship with it it's tedious and i've talked about it too much <laughs> and, and i do apologize but yeah but so i mean it'd be interesting if next year you decided that you were off Rocket League. I wonder what would take its place and what new kind of thing would come into the list that wouldn't otherwise. Well, I still haven't played Overwatch properly yet, so I should I should do that. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, I I don't know. The immediate thrill of it is very very hard to replace. Like uh, Rocket League's got such a specific hmm. uh, joy that it elicits when you score a goal. Like I, I don't know how I would ever capture that. I've never found it in another game hmm. really. Like getting a head. There's not a single FPS where a headshot feels as good to me as a goal feels in Rocket League. Like. That's just a very specific joy. Um, so, but you you might be right that if I leave, then that probably would fall down the list quite a lot. Yeah, I think a lot of people voted for Rocket League this year because it was quite you know it was new and it was interesting and it's been around it for was, a year though. It mm. was the big yeah, but it, I think it was the big multiplayer game that everyone was like, oh yeah, that's the thing I really enjoyed over the last year. I think it's one of those that's fresh in people's memory. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that drops quite substantially next year, even if you're like still championing it. Yeah, it might push it from like top ten to mid sort of 30 to 50s yeah and that, again, that's again that's one of the things i like about the list because it, in in a lot of ways it was an example of like a phenomenon on pc yeah uh, how something can come and not go necessarily because a hundred thousand people still play that game a day mm. but like um it's it's you know it, it, it happens as a cycle and that's it's a good thing you know so what's nice about the list in the mag every year is that it kind of freezes gives you like a little time freeze on pc gaming in that year and so you'll see those kind of hits of the moment and you know games don't shouldn't have to last decades you know it's okay for them to be amazing for one year mm. and your rocket leagues and things like that you, you suddenly remember that they exist when you go back to your old mags and and see holy shit hidden and dangerous and, and things like that yeah and you yeah. remember that wow there are still these amazing games out there that 
just just on the edge of the list, really, that just haven't quite made it. Inevitably, like 15 years down the line, you're going to have writers who, you know, uh, think Mass Effect is old hat and have never played it. Like, it's just, you yeah. know, it's, it's... And we'll be there commenting on these damned what is it, post-millennials. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the next thing <laughs> And they'll be like, oh, back in my day, it was all Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's... A, but I like that. Like, there's... A, and there are still plenty of games from the 90s here. Like, some of these games came out when I was, like, three or four or mm. five, you know, like... Uh, it's a, it's a cool thing. Diablo is always in the list because of you as well, Tom. Oh, that's that's true. Yeah, Diablo three. I think one of the first comments on the top one hundred is like, "Oh, you still think this is good?" And uh, <laughs> the answer to that is yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Maybe he just hasn't played it since the auction house was open. You know, maybe so. It has had a controversial life, and plus, you know, I can understand why people don't like action RPGs. They are kind of um, Skinner boxes in a lot of ways. Um, and if if you if you hate that, then that's fine. But what do you um, think to the people who think Diablo two is amazing, but Diablo 3 shouldn't be on the list. Uh, are they are they wrong? Uh, are they just I love Diablo 2. Like that was um it's one of my favorite uh game multiplayer games ever because that was really got, what got me into multiplayer games when I was playing on my 56k modem with my friends and things like that. I think people forget that Diablo 2 itself wasn't that wasn't amazing. It was the expansion that added a lot of things that made it memorable and mm. a good kind of character building game. Um and it was amazing. Uh I just think that Diablo 3 offers me a more satisfying thrill and plus i find its um upgrade system and the way that skills and abilities can just be rearranged at will to be very progressive and an interesting kind of movement forward for the genre so i i see diablo 3 as being like a step forward in many ways Uh, and you still have diablo 2 you still have grim dawn which i'm playing at the moment and still have the list as well yeah path of exile which is uh, a good online old school just crazy kind of character development uh, action rpg and i but I, i like games like company of heroes and like diablo 3 that take a genre that everyone thought was set and that attempt to do new things with it and succeed yeah yeah mm. i like it i like Diablo 3 that's good mm. that's good i know I'm, 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 I'm pleased to see it um <laughs> and uh, yeah if you I, I think now i'm i'm conscious that if you ever leave i'll have to hire someone who likes uh you know like uh, rts games <laughs> RTS and, and uh yeah and skinner RPGs. boxes basically <laughs> and rts's and explosive wizards <laughs> yeah, oh, yes. that, that would be the job posting <laughs> phil That'll savage be. hi what uh, like Tom Senior's uh, Diablo and uh, Company of Heroes choices, what are, are the most sort of Phil Savage games in this um, list, do you think? So I think the one that would full-on drop out, were I not about, is Guild Wars 2, which I think for the first year in a while I haven't put as number one, because I'm sort of just dipping in and out of it really now. Isn't it because but, you now live with the person you used to play it with as well? Yeah, that, that doesn't help as much. It's like we, we no longer have to have long gaming sessions to talk because, like... Turn, turn next and say Harry. But I do think it's probably one of my. Well, it's certainly one of my favourite MMOs, like a hundred percent. I've never got into WoW or any of the others, but this one, like for a period of time, really captured my imagination. I also think it's quite a good thing to champion because of the way that it looks at the MMO genre and tries to move it in interesting directions. And the fact that it's free and quite generous with its content, like it's just, I mean, it's a good thing to have there. You know, a good representation of the traditional MMO template. That if someone was interested in the genre and wanted a list of a hundred games, say, okay, well, what are the things I should be checking out in each genre? That's a good representation of that. Mm, yeah, I think it's like there's three MMOs in the list as well. So you have the Guild Wars Two, yeah. WoW, and Final Fantasy Fourteen as well. Uh, and Eve. Eve yeah. Oh, and Eve. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. which is Eve. which is the highest MMO we've got in the list. Yeah, uh, which I think, considering what it sort of brings and mm. what it does, that's different and notable and 
all of the stories that spin off it is entirely fair. Like that is, I mean, that is a spectacular sort of phenomenon. Whereas I think Guild Wars Two is just a good MMO that you can enjoy. Yeah, it's interesting. So in the case of like WoW and Guild Wars and FF14, I think in those cases they were all championed by like one writer particularly. Um, so like you'll see that when you read the list, like um, people feel particularly passionate about one thing. But then in the case of Eve, like I think there's a, a general sort of like we know this game is super important and uh, you know it, it's it's relevant to to PC gaming. I think that's one of the handy things about the list and the way that we weight our scoring systems is that if somebody puts a game at number one, it's guaranteed to be in like the top half of the list, basically. Yeah. Um, you don't need... Your game doesn't need to collect that many points to actually make it onto the list. And that means that... Because generally, because of the way we work, we're going to be generalists. You know, we're, we're going to dip our toe into multiple things. We're going to try this and that. It's going to be rare, I think, for a lot of us to spend a lot of time with a single thing and there are exceptions to that but I think generally like it makes our jobs easier if we're bouncing from game to game Mm. Um, but that does mean that we only need one person to have that kind of that that kind of specialist love for a specific thing uh, for it to be represented well and I think that does keep the list varied and interesting yeah no I, I think you're I think you're right uh, I'm trying to think what my games in this list would be that I've I've championed and pushed up. I think like I'm responsible for getting Bioshock Infinite to this. So if you hate that game, <laughs> I'm the guy. Uh, at, you know, don't at me. Um, but, you know, uh, <laughs> they will well, at you now. <laughs> you said that. Well, like um, yeah, me and Tony both like that. I, yeah. I must admit, I finished um, Bioshock Infinite like last weekend again, and um, and it's DLC. And like when I say Bioshock Infinite, I think I I collectively mean the DLC as well because mm. I think it's the Burial at Sea was really really good. Um, and like I, I haven't played it again, I don't think it's it's not really an immersive sim. It's just got some immersive sim elements, but is like an FPS. You basically have to brute force your way through with a number of abilities. No events. Yeah. yeah, and so it's good, but it's like it's it gets to be a bit of a slog in its final third, I'd say. But the world is never less than spectacular. Yeah. And I think that alone is a reason that I feel good to have it on the list because yeah. everyone should experience that. You know, I think I I agree that. It, it, it felt like a slog to me and I wouldn't include it in the list because even though I'm someone who appreciates an amazing bit of world building, I don't think it was enough. Columbia's like an incredible place. That opening sequence where you're just walking through, looking at stuff happening around you and you don't have to shoot anyone is brilliant, but I found the actual game attached to it not quite enough to to make me love it kind of thing. So I don't I don't know if I'd... Yeah, I, oh, I didn't vote for it. So, yeah. I wonder if without you, would it have made it in? Did anyone else vote for it? Tony did. Yeah, it'd probably be Just low on the out. list if uh, like a low ninety. Still be in there, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I yeah I do like it. It's never the most popular Bioshock on the list anyway. Um, the first one is in the top twenty at number seventeen, I think, and that's always the the main one. Even though like these days, I kind of consider putting Bioshock two in there as well because I don't know. I'm going to play it again when they rem- when the remasters out uh, in a little while. But like. Um, I have very fond memories of the the combat in that game and how uh, freeform it was. Very mm. good drill. Very good drill. Very good rivet gun as mm. well. Uh, very good traps. Very good hacking. I played it very recently and it's uh, put uh, Minerva's Den because I never got around to that. It's amazing, isn't it? It's good, yeah. It's just a great slice of, yeah, one of those self-contained Fort Frolic style. Mm. little self-contained story told in a larger world is always always good and that's one of the best ones. But it still, still holds up the... Uh, been able to, you know... I've also been playing the original for a feature we're doing and 
not been able to simultaneously use plasmids in your gun feels really yeah. janky in the first game. Whereas when you play two, you got drill in one hand and a plasmid in the other. It feels brilliant. Mm. So yeah, yeah, that's that's. Where I always forget the original Bioshock made you switch between plasmids and guns, which just feels like a totally arbitrary limitation mm. because you're like fireball and then F one to quickly go to your shot your pistol and then back in. It's like yeah, it's one of those things that probably won't happen with modern game design yeah being as it is even like you know you can see an infinite that you can use the bucking bronco and then fire a shotgun at the guys while they're in the midair like yeah. it's you know that they've clearly learned from that um but yeah i say the combat doesn't hold up quite it's, doesn't hold up that well in the original yeah. bioshock it's like doom 3 when you can hold your uh, flashlight and you're going at the same time it seemed to be like a thing you know that some for some reason fps developers thought was a good idea to make <laughs> you juggle uh two things but Gladly, that's gone. It was the mid noughties you know. Everyone was off their tits on <laughs> Katy Perry and uh, I don't know uh, Miss G- Miss Gaga, Lady Gaga. Miss really, G- Miss Gaga. <laughs> there you go. I'm, I'm, uh, if we're, I'm, I feel like a dad now, basically. <laughs> In millennial talk- perspective, yeah. talking about like, uh, like writers who have like you, you can see the games that they're champion championing. Shall we? Shall we talk briefly about Battlefield and? All right, yeah, okay. How, how we dealt with that this year. Yeah, so um, maybe, Phil, you should detail this. So uh, John Stryker, our editor, uh, <laughs> loves loves the Battlefield... Has, has a love-hate relationship with the Battlefield games, I think. He plays them endlessly because he's part of a clan, so they're, they're his thing. Like, And he'll play them whether he likes it or not. Like, I think he's got a very... He's got a lot of problems with Battlefield 4, but we'll vote for it because it's the game that he uh, plays constantly now. So I think last year's list, maybe, or the year before, we ended up with a good three or four different Battlefield games in there, <laughs> mostly because of John's vote. And then I had to sort of rank them around each other. We've always been a bit inconsistent in implying like a, uh, only one one game. I still don't think I know what the rule is. <laughs> and I work on the magazine. But like, um, we make it up as we go along. We basically do it on a case-by-case basis, Basically, at this point. Which, uh, so... Uh, there have been years in the past where we've been like, okay, full-on democracy, whatever the list says is what goes, and that's it. And We want to lock it down as much as possible. I call those that. the sad years. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> that, those are the years when you end up with three or four different battlefields in random positions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, now, now there's a secondary layer where um, a, a representative from the UK and a representative from the US get on a big Skype call. That was my idea. That was that was Sam's idea. And um, it's although uh, Sam's never been that representative, he's always sent his deputy editor <laughs> to do it for him. It's, it's like bit- an actual pistols at John's Don situation where you send your deputies out to <laughs> yes. negotiate. Well, it's funny because it's a it's a bit like the uh, beginning of the new Battlestar Galactica. I think is how he compared it. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. so I send my sexy Cylon, Phil, and, uh, <laughs> and they, uh, the the Americans send a human representative. And yeah, amazing. Um, no, it's uh, it's. It, it works though because it means like you know it's it's the idea is that the list represents us globally so we are talking mainly about uh the uk team here when we talk about individual taste but yeah. when you see again like unreal tournament 2004 in there that's because evan Larty uh absolutely loves uh shoot you know multiplayer shooters and mm. so um yeah like it really the list represents the whole team like everyone is represented in there and that's one of the good things about it but yeah so we went through and we went oh look there's another three four battlefield games within this list <laughs> let's get rid of all of them except for bad company 2 because i looked at john and said john which is your actual favorite battlefield game 
and he said that company too. And it was I like, that is now settled. He is right, of course. It was. That's like, the last I mean, one I loved. I think you could make an argument for Battlefield 2, but I'd say Bad Company 2 is the last one you could probably get away with playing today, really. When you're on, on Origin, though, does um, is is there ever anyone else on Origin apart from John Strike playing Battlefield 4? Does yeah. it Strike UK is yeah. playing Battlefield not, 4? Not on my friends list. Every no. time I log in... <laughs> It's, it's quite reassuring. He's always there. It's always <laughs> just flashing in the corner, isn't it? Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. To the point where I actually, because uh, you can go into the, uh, the the local files of Origin and delete the sound effects that Origin makes because they're really fucking annoying. Mm. Um, and like, I deleted the um, Strike UK is now playing <laughs> Battlefield Four of noise because it was coming up so much while I was playing like Inquisition or Mirror's Edge or whatever. But like, um, yeah, he go. truly loves that series. But um, but yeah, we called it there. I super hope that Battlefield One is like unquestionably the best battlefield <laughs> and outdoes Bad Company 2 just because it'll make next year's list a hell of a lot easier. Well, it has a server browser. People love that shit, don't they? They've all had server browsers. Oh, that's a good point, actually, yeah. That hasn't stopped, that hasn't stopped all the problems. Yeah, it's true. Um, weren't people panicking about this one not having a server browser, though? I don't know. Because it, it came up as a, as a big news story. Um, Sounds like the sort of tiresome news story <laughs> I wouldn't click on. <laughs> yeah. Game X game has FOV slider. <laughs> uh, more inside. Um, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so Battlefield's a good choice. But yeah, there's a few things that John added to the list that I'm really happy that we've got on there. Max like, Payne. Max Payne. Oh, yeah. you, you I think he specifically ensured John submitted his list on time, so the Max Payne would be on the list. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I didn't vote for it myself, even though, like, uh, I think, actually, no, I put the second one quite low in my list. Right. Um, so it wouldn't have been high enough to get up here. Yeah, I, I would read... have voted too, I think. Mm, yeah, it's, it's, it holds up. You know, I just played it again recently this year for reinstall. You yeah, can read it on the website. I'm replaying good. three, actually, at the moment, which... Um... With my current PC setup, I can now whack up to everything up full and play it at 1440p, and it's brilliant. It's like I I, I might do a reinstall on it or something, just as, uh, as a sort of reminder that like Rockstar just put just they went let's make a really by the numbers third person shooter, but let's make it the most lavish, expensive by the numbers third person shooter ever made. Yeah, and it's just so polished and full of handcrafted uh, detail. I, and, and stuff. Would you give it Tom Senior? Uh, I don't think I no, it was Tom it. Francis. Oh, it's Tom yeah. Francis. Uh, yeah. I, I hate Wrong Tom. It. Wrong yeah. Tom. But yeah, I also despised yeah. it. I love but it. I'm not going to yeah. put another uninstalled box <laughs> yeah. out on a new Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The return of the uninstalled. I'm is doing it, the Invisible War. Is it possible to despise that game? What's wrong with it? Uh, Apart from like the, the poorly designed sections. Yeah. Um, remember that whole bit stadium. on the waterway no the waterway where yeah, you, the in a game where you've got Canal, to yeah. a game yeah. about jumping sideways that you're on like tiny thin waterways that you can jump uh, yeah. I, I agree with Andy on some level though that, like when you're in that r- rooftop party at the start that turns into a gunfight yeah. and I, I stopped and I was like looking at all the individual bottles at that yeah. bar and, and I was like in the nightclub as well when the you know the 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 lasers and uh, lights are flashing and the music's pounding and you're just diving around popping mofos. It's, yeah, it's really, it, yeah. it's, it's like, a, it's totally, it's just, there's, there's, there's not even like a grenade, you know, button or whatever. It's just totally all shooting, but it, the stuff surrounding the shooting is like, flashy enough and the bit where you go through the favelas is just an amazing some amazing world building there and yeah. it's super brutal as well, a like really difficult slog for that favela level that feels really like, you know. Yes, it is a slog. <laughs> this, this, um, I just use the word slog, but I use it. I use it in a positive, <laughs> positive way. The positive slog, a good slog. I found, yeah. I found that for every moment like that, there was a rooftop level where I was on a gantry or something, and not much was going on. Yeah. Uh, and the the endless cutscenes that were all incredibly rubbish, yeah. and just the flashing <laughs> words. All What's over cool about the that is they hide. What well, I've noticed playing it is that they hide the loading screens, and it's it's a really seamless game where you go from like that rooftop 
back to my apartment mm. to the favela the next day and it's all completely seamless it's got a really good energy to it like, I don't mind the cutscenes as much but yeah. I agree that the story goes nowhere and the ending's rubbish by the end of it I was just so weary of its basic kind of action loop in in the way that I haven't been playing a game since Kane and Lynch 2 <laughs> is it safe to say that this game will never make it into the top 100 it's, it's, well, I mean, yeah. it's way better than Kane and Lynch 2 and I, I like Kane and Lynch 2 but it's a much better game than that Kane and Lynch 2 is the worst game I like yeah. I there's, think. There's, there's three games critics who like it and Andy's one of them <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, I'm going like to do a reinstall for Max Payne 3 uh, look out for that in a future issue Cause it's, it's, been just, lo- it's been long enough to reappraise it I think yeah I think so and yeah, uh, yeah it'll be a, a good companion piece to my one about 2 which I think does hold up but the first one's great too and yeah. it's a lot longer the first one as well but the mm. second one is quite short mm. um, so uh, yeah I think they're probably about as good as each other to be honest well, John's other entry they hunger at 98 which is a uh, Half-Life 1 mod and probably the first mod like that we've just put in the top 100 on its own merit mm. which I quite like Never the idea of I've not played it I mean I'm taking John's word that it's actually good or worth being here but didn't he say he got it on a PC Gamer cover disc he did he did yeah which uh, is sweet I quite like that if someone else suggested a mod that they, they particularly mm. liked I'd be I'd be happy to put it in the list you know he was just the only one who did and he's the only like, one who mm. chose to yeah. and it's a part of PC gaming too and like you know uh, I, yeah we to stretch you know the definition of game to a mod that's fine I think and uh, yeah I'm really yeah, happy absolutely. with that um, yeah so that's cool um, is KOTOR on the list anywhere yes I was just wondering if we had a KOTOR game I think yeah Ooh, okay. Chris voted for it yeah. but he was uh, oh, he was at one of his esports things while we were writing it so I, I actually wrote the bit in there um, yeah. so I say the thing I basically take a swipe at the prequels because they're an easy target um, <laughs> but like uh, yeah it's uh, it's it's still I, it's still probably the best representation of Star Wars in a game in terms of you could argue the second one beats it in some ways in terms of the way it shows the sort of different uh, adds a few shades the whole light and dark side thing that's quite interesting because mm. uh, Chris Avalone has an interesting point of view on Star Wars pretty yeah. much but the first one's just a really uh, much more complete feeling game obviously yeah. and uh, yeah and despite the, the combat feeling a little bit out of date and the textures looking flat mm. it's still I don't know, just being in like hubs on Star Wars worlds, there's not really yeah. many ways to have that experience. And you can be a real bastard as well in a very satisfying way. Like you can, the Pursuing the Dark Side Path has some like, there's some rewards there in terms of story and stuff. You can really, you can really role play as an absolute shithouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And then obviously, you know, there's uh, the, the twist that everyone always obsessed with, but. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool. Um, and another game that I feel like I'm always reassured to see in the list, even though I've not played it yet, but I did buy it last weekend in a mm. GOG sale, Vampire the Masquerade oh, Bloodlines, yeah. which we did talk uh, about. We did yeah. talk about that. Chris was saying we should play it, and so, we said, yes, we should play it, but and we that, haven't. Yeah, and that's at number 65. And like, while I don't necessarily agree <clears throat> with this entry, number 67, Far Cry 2. Which I think is uh, an interesting, a, a failed masterpiece. I think is possible. I think we should take the flamethrower to that and, and replace it with uh, Tony's personal pick for Far Cry. If we're going to have a Far, Far Cry in there, I say four. I think that's I, the best I one. See, I see, like the benefit of having Far Cry two specifically. Um, also, Chris Livingston got a little bit like, mm, why? Why do you want me to stand down from my opinion when we suggested maybe putting Far Cry four in instead? <laughs> which is entirely fair because yeah, and like I, I, I also. You know, agree that that game is worth writing about. So having yeah. it in the list, I'm, you know, I can, I don't get sleepless nights over it. I just personally didn't 
that's what I think that's one if both have been like voted it. for we could have probably put both in the list as their own yeah. things because mm. they are very different in style mm. like if you like that Far Cry 3 Far Cry 4 style Far Cry 4 is definitely the one to go for um, yeah. but Far Cry 2 is something very different yeah. Yeah. it reminds me of your uh, thing about Spec Ops more think pieces written than copies sold I think I've read <laughs> I think I've like read more sort of uh, defences and, and, and breakdowns of Far Cry 2 than you know the thing that everyone thinks is the most interesting about it, you have to wait about 40 hours to get to that twist that everyone everyone blows everyone's minds and it's like, oh man, who's who's the, where's the, the real heart of darkness? Is it in you? Like, that takes hours and hours of looking for diamonds to get to that point. Yeah, I did. So boring. A lot of problems, but... As it's also quite a fun game to just sort of grab a few weapons and things and just go somewhere and figure out what happens. It's nice to explore and like the the fire stuff in it is is fun for sure. Yeah. Is that why so, you said flamethrower specifically, Andy? Yeah. So uh, that was they were banging on about that one. But they? they've ordered nice. flamethrower, haven't they? I guess. <laughs> Actually, three had that awful mission where you're. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you're I, burn, an alright mission to some dubstep. Yeah, destroyed by having dubstep playing over it. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you, that was quite good because the, as the the weed burned, you got your vision got hazy. You were getting high as, as heck whilst you burned it down. That that would have been the great mission if it just had a bit of like normal music over it. But I resented <laughs> every car, second of it because I had to listen to a looping yeah. Skrillex track. But yeah, that's that's a tangent. Yeah, well, no, it's, uh, it's a good tangent. It's not as t- much of a tangent as Max Payne 3, which isn't even in the list. It's yeah. on the list. <laughs> just because just I'm playing that at the moment, I felt like I had to say no, something I, about it. I, I, like, I, I like this. I like where it just takes us into random directions. Yeah. Um, but uh, look, I'm going to just go straight for it now and say that Dragon Age 2 we put in the list. Yeah, we should probably talk about that, shouldn't we? Yeah, so Andy, I'm guessing you don't endorse this, and uh, yeah. I fully expect you to put out a statement via your publicist saying, yeah. I had nothing to do with yeah, this. Yeah, why I only, represent my personal yeah. brand. I played it for like 10 hours on an Xbox 360 years ago and went, nah, no. Did <laughs> you like Origins? Again. No, I don't like Origins either. I, I, don't, no. I don't like the Dragon Age universe. Sorry, Chris. It's, it's really interesting that you like, with it. you love Pillars and Boulder's Gate though, but like Dragon Age, you just bounced off. I don't of. think it's as, as good as those. I just think it's a, there's something about it that feels a bit, uh, I don't know when you, there's something fantasy universes can feel a bit contrived to me sometimes. Pillars does a good job of being quite understated a lot of the time, so does Baldur's Gate. I mean, the, the um, Dungeons & Dragons stuff is obviously... I was going to say, Dungeons & Dragons is not pretty But Baldur's Gate plays it pretty understated. It's pretty muddy and, you know... Uh, yeah, but, You know, it's muddy and a bit bleak and a bit... You know, just it's not it's not fully, like, daft uh, fantasy, whereas Dragon Age just feels a bit daft to me. I don't know, it's too daft. Well, it's too many colours in you, it. Are you saying that a fantasy game where the universe is set in is called Thedas, which stands for the Dragon Age setting, is a bit daft? I, I wish like I, I won't hear is it. a good name, but yeah. I uh, wish I didn't know that about the name Thedas. <laughs> it has ruined it. It's ruined the world for me, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's just a personal uh, dislike of the set. No, maybe if I got past that, I, if I, I just couldn't get invested in that, that world, whereas something like Pillars, you know. Maybe because Pillars is, you've got it's reams very of text. Well. It's very, yeah, it's very, you know, I, I, like a more, I like a Game of Thrones style fantasy mm. setting muted and understated and a bit grimy and Dragon Age is more like sort of uh, See, I said Dragon Age Origins was Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking yeah. more like uh, Inquisition 2. To the point or- where your character was just blood splattered yeah. by the Origins end. was <laughs> quite uh, grimy actually, I remember yeah, yeah, it's good. but yeah. yeah. It's a complex issue that I just can't really <laughs> articulate. <laughs> I just don't like it, alright? Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> so those who do like Dragon Age 2, and I know Phil is one of them, I don't know about you Tom. Yeah, I, I, I think it's great. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, it's limitations. I, mean, I feel like we're breaking so many taboos here. Like, <laughs> fine. I mean, I mean we, 
the only person who actually put it in the top 15 was Tony Ellis. So if you want to at anyone at him, he's not on Twitter. <laughs> but yeah, but I suppose... Does he, he like can... it or is he just being... It's, I think yeah, he generally, genuinely likes yeah, it. I don't, I don't think Tony does... He, he does like to be provocative, but... Only he's not, with his real op- opinions, I think. He's not a dickhead like I yeah. am. He'll just like he'll do things because there's a logic to doing them. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Tony did it because there was some belief, some some belief there. I, I tactfully moved it to ninety four because I am just a troll. Yeah, I wonder if anyone's figured that out yet. Why it's at number ninety four? <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, I, I I do like it. Like I I completely agree with all of its uh, all the criticisms of it in terms of like yeah, yes, you do see the same places again and again. But mm. um, as Chris has talked about before in the magazine and on the website, it the writing is really good and the cast of characters, your party is uh, is outstanding and like that is compelling enough to me to 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 make it a worthy sequel, even if it's not quite the game that people wanted at the yeah, time. I, think I appreciate it even more. Like. The more I think about it, looking back on it, like, like Isabella, like Varric, like yeah. uh, a really good party of at the time, Aveline. Uh, yeah, you're obviously fully aware of its flaws because you're exploring that one fucking harbour. So many things happen to Hawk in that warehouse. His mum dies Christ. there. Spoilers, <laughs> sorry. Or her mum dies there. Can um, Hawk be female in that game? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I should know that already. Whoops. Uh, anyway, but yeah, like I, I think thinking back to it and like. Yeah, you, you say the characters and the way they progress. Like, I just really love the idea of an RPG that takes place in one single place. And I, I wish they'd actually had the chance to, exp- you know, you know, explore what the city was and the depth of it. And they don't. It's very surface level to an extent because yeah, you know, there's there's only one warehouse and one cave. But, but, but I remember thinking while I was playing it though that like um, hanging out in the the pub, the yeah. one pub that's in that city with Varric, thinking, well, you know what. We can't go anywhere except the Wounded Coast, but God damn it, Varric, I've enjoyed drinking in this pub with you for 10 years. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, that's, it's yeah, like it's nice. building this relationship and, and building it into... Because yeah, usually when you come into an RPG, it's either protagonist has got amnesia, doesn't know anybody, uh, you're making relationships for the first time, or protagonist knows the person that you're talking to, but you don't, so you're just trying to figure it out as you go along. And maybe silent. Weirdly, The Witcher does both of these things at different points in The Witcher series, but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, so with, with Dragon Age 2, you reintroduce yourself to these characters in each act and you kind of get a feeling for the history and the friendship that's building up in a way that I don't think you do in a lot of other RPGs. Yeah. Like, from a storytelling perspective, that's really strong. Like, yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. And like, that's, that's basically why it's on the list. It's not just a troll. Like, no, no, admittedly, all, like, admittedly, it was just Tony who picked it, but it's, yeah, but it, it, it's, it's, it's valid and it's worthy in, in it's some ways. It's certainly not the best RPG by any means. Like of the list, it's probably the worst RPG on there. Like <laughs> in terms of systems, like and, and, and well, numerically, I think it is as well. Also numerically, but yeah, no. In terms of if, if you want like traditional RPG combat and stuff like that, then yeah, you're not gonna enjoy it as much. If you want this grand epic, it's not really there. But if you want to have a very interesting and personal relationship with a bunch of interesting characters, then it's uh, you know, as as good as you can get. Yeah, and also Origins is on the list too. Um, and Origins is on the, on the which, much higher on the list as the sort of like, this is the grand scale Dragon Age thing. Yeah, and that's dropped a bit this year, but I would it's down at number 46 from 26. But um, that's mm. uh, that's a great game. And like, uh, yeah, it's it, all those things you feel you say it's that Dragon Age 2 is not, the original Dragon Age is. Yeah, and so, um, 
Yeah, I think they've both got a place. Um, I've got like... Uh, Inquisition isn't on there either, um, but I do also quite like Inquisition. Oh, uh, well, you know, it's uh, just, I, I don't know. Like, I've, I've still not really progressed far enough in it, and I think that might be one of those things where a lot of people got stuck in the hinterlands and they didn't <laughs> carry on with it. Um, well, I like, yeah. um, I, I like Inquisition, but I really dislike the combat and mm, a, a lot of the kind right. of um, padding... Uh, and if you just do the story missions in a row, it's great, <laughs> really exciting. Yeah, there's a, bo- a lot of boring side quests in that game. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Choose to not but do a lot of stuff. I think uh, Bioware's Mass Effect team specifically mention as, oh, we've learned things not to do from Inquisition as well as some of the things we should be doing. Mm. It was the first time they made a game like that, wasn't it? An yeah. open world game. So, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure they'll refine it in time for Actually, Andromeda. Dragon Age 2's combat is, is all right. Like, it's Better very action y and, you, you know, you just. You're just doing cool-looking wizard spells a lot of the time, um, but that's nice. Uh, someone listening to this has flipped a table when you said <laughs> that, but yeah. No, I... I, I like, I'm I, not going to say it's got yeah. better combat than The Witcher. The Witcher doesn't have great combat, so... And obviously, well, like, it doesn't have the depth of Origins combat either. But, no, no, no. There's, there's not that sort of tactical edge to it. It's I'd say just that two pressing has, fun buttons for wizards. Yeah, two has better combat than Inquisition, so long way. Mm. So what I'm going to do next is I will take us through the top... Five, I think, and just so we can talk about those choices. But before we do that, I wanted to just ask about Deus Ex Team Revolution and whether you think next year Mankind Divided will be on here or not. Ooh. Or do you think that I, I can see I can see neither of them getting onto the list as a result of I, split the vote? It could possibly yeah. hurt both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is it's great, but it's not an all time great. I'd say. Do you think it's worse than Human Revolution? Mm. That's a difficult one. Yeah, in some ways cool. it is, in some ways it isn't. That was your fence-setting answer. I think it's a good... If yeah. you're going to fence it, I think solid sto- fencing. The story, well, the story in both, I don't think, is very good, but I think the story feels at least finished in Human Revolution, whereas in Mankind Divided, everyone I know that's finished it has remarked that it just ends and in the middle of what you think is leading up to something. Mm. Like, they're really... They're, I think there must something must have gone on. Maybe it will come out, you know, in a few years. Trickle out as DLC or something, or yeah. like, or like maybe chapter, the, yeah. The sort of tr- what happened, you know, behind the scenes. Why maybe they didn't have enough time to, to finish the story. It just feels so sudden. Like New Game Plus is unlocked, pops up, <laughs> just when you're bracing yourself. You sat back, you're like, right, let's have some resolution, and it's like, oh no, credits. <laughs> and then there's a, a weird short scene in the, the middle of the credits that reveals a twist that just doesn't. It just opens up a sequel, you know, like, mm. yeah. But yeah. I think <clears throat> Mankind Divided probably is better than Human Revolution. Um, just in terms of the amount of things. In terms of level design. Yeah, in terms of level detail. design, definitely. Also, I think Human Revolution, its hubs are good, but I don't think they're particularly, yeah, it's, the, it's part of the detail. And they're a bit dead. Also, yeah, everything lifeless. looks kind of lifeless now just because it's, yeah. it's quite old and you can see through the cracks pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, it's no, it's not Invisible War. Like old no. and broken and small, but yeah. like, going I back think, to Detroit now after seeing Prague. Yeah, I think Prague just, really yeah. does outclass either of the hubs mm. in Human Revolution by enough to make up for the fact that Prague is the only hub in Mankind yeah. Divided. Mm, I wonder if they'll cancel each other out then. We'll it's possible, but yeah. then like with Dark Souls, that did get a little bump from the fact that a lot of people. We'll get to that, Phil. All right. Yeah. Okay. I still think the original Deus Ex is the best, and I just Montreal. Like I said this at the end of my review, they're getting close. For me personally, to beating it, but not not quite. I think I, I think if like if it does end up splitting the vote, as long as like enough votes for one of them happen, like the other will drop out, and we might give yeah, the one yeah. that got kicked a little bump just to make up for the fact that 
we're wiping out half of the Deus Ex votes. I can see it getting like like nineties or eighties next year. Yeah, quite like possibly. That. But um, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, actually, on a similar line, uh, actually, no, I won't, I won't go into that now. But like uh, Hitman as well. I wonder if next year that's going to be you, an interesting question because yeah. I, I mentioned this in the po- the last podcast because I I think I was one of the few that voted for Blood Money this year, mm. uh, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll Will see. I vote for Blood Money? Will I vote for for Hitman the it, the new one? It's going to be so hard to kind of get a perspective of what it's like when it's complete because you've been part of this live thing the whole way. So, what does it look like when it's a finished? Yeah, thing? I mean, I will go back and play it as an actual campaign, but it does. It almost feels like it's not being designed to be played as a campaign. Where mm, I think yeah. Blood Money obviously is that. I think that might hurt it to an extent. Like I, I think. I'm probably having a better experience with it now, playing it as I am, than people who buy it and play through it will have with it. Because yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of reuse of different sort of, of kind of little little level design tricks and stuff like that that will become quite repetitive if you played it. Or voice actors, another. certainly of voice mm, actors yeah. and music cues and stuff like that. Like that's all stuff that's missing. They need to get. Uh, they need to accept that no one cares about the. A story arc linking the episodes and just make it an anthology like Hetman just works. As yeah, an anthology. Like, well, it sounds like they want to do that because they've, there's been the hint that they are looking at doing other seasons mm. after this one's complete. But there's those cutscenes mm. at the end of each mission. But, but there. I actually quite like those cutscenes because mm. they're completely like off the. They, they they affect nothing really, mm. but it's just a nice little oh drop a story at the end. It's like yeah. oh, there's a little bit of, and it's slowly building into something which will probably be the season finale, and then. Mm. I think then they can carry on doing a different season with the same game and engine, and that will be fine. I wonder if they'll release a finale episode that's in line with the other games. You know, like um, one of is it Absolution that ends in that graveyard. You know, you've got all mm. those uh, Secret Service type dudes. I wonder if they'll release like a, a, a it's mission, weird, like an end there's mission. There's going to be seven DLC episodes because they've said, "Oh, episodes." You know, you buy the full experience, you get the intro pack, and episodes two to seven uh, it specifically yeah. says. But there's only six locations. What's yeah? So that's it. Maybe they'll release. A so the seventh mission. one is going to be set in a smaller location. Yeah, set. Yeah. I don't know whether it'll be the same level remixed or whether it'll be a new level in the same it, country. I tell you what, though, it will have the same voice actors. Yeah, it will have the same voice <laughs> actors. They saw that out. It's really, really undermines the great work they do building those levels. Having three voice actors <laughs> who send nothing like the region you're in it's just, I, I need yeah it's just, I need to I need to talk to them about it explain why you're doing this we'll get to the bottom of this uh, listener that's what we as the press will do yeah. we, yeah. we, we, it bothers we me that. so much I need to investigate why is why is it happening just give a hundred quid to a guy from Thailand to voice some like <laughs> bell hops and I'm, sure there, I'm sure there are union rules as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I take your point though yeah, like, yeah that's, uh, yeah, anyway. that's that's when they should get address. someone to do an accent or something. No, it's probably still a voice package DLC or something. They won't. I'm sure they won't. <laughs> um, all right, then, so I'm going to go through the top five now. Dishonored's at number five. Yeah. That's gone up a place from last year, and I think that's partly because Dishonored 2's coming out and it's fresh in people's minds. What do you reckon? But also, it's a great game. It's one of the best amounts of yeah. on PC. Great game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been out long enough now that people could also be going on a second playthrough and going... Yeah, no, that still holds up. That yeah. is still a yeah. Top it's game. got the, the best after playing um, uh, the new Deus Ex games. The character movement and Dishonored is so polished and mm. so fun to blink around mm. compared to the sort of janky weightlessness of of Jensen. Every interaction in Dishonored feels really good. Yeah, like with yeah. it, with, no matter what approach you pick, and like um, yeah, that's that's a way in which it will always hold up. I mean, if it's four years later and we still feel that way, then that's uh, it's a sign that it's just gonna gonna remain there. I think. 
Um, will the second Unless one be Dishonored two, you know? two outclasses it completely? Yeah, which is entirely possible. I'm you know? predicting two is going to be extremely good and might end up in the top 100 next year. That's yeah. just maybe not. Maybe not. Look, got that. Who just, knows? I've got a feeling got it's going to be brilliant. Yeah. I think it's one where as well where, where I think both could end up in the list because the settings will feel so different and the the quality yeah. of the levels. Uh, so yeah, just it'll like, depend uh, a lot on the system. Like as you say, we in- apply the only one game per series rule. Some would say Randomly. arbitrarily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it it it, just, it depends a lot on the like. I can see it applying to Human Revolution and Mankind Divided, but not Deus Ex and Human Revolution because yeah, they're obviously very different things. things. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, do you know what? I've never played the DLC for Dishonored, and I, I, I haven't I, gone through it either. The actually. second one should... the Brigmore Witches. Is... That's really, that's decent. So well, they add the new abilities as well. Mm. Yeah. Because you play as he plays Dodd, don't you? Yeah. They do. They've got a slightly different flavor from the main game. He's got some different um, tweaks to his powers that make him feel slightly different. So it's not just a you're not just Corvo with a different you know hand skin. It's you yeah. feels, yeah. he talks as well. Uh, so there's a very different feel to it. The yeah. um, first DLC is um, not quite as good, but the second one's great. Yeah. The first DLC well, by by first DLC, that's not like the wave the, one. Is first it? half of uh, it was okay, split right. two halves. Went to the, the whale oil processing plant. There's a giant yeah. whale strung up. Yeah, that's that, right. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's a great level. That level but then I think it repeats, or it's got either repeats some levels or has some very tedious bits. Oh yeah, you go back to the flooded district, but it's right, not yeah. flooded. But it's yeah. essentially the same layout. Yeah. The, Whereas the, the second lines lower. The second half of it, it's all new, and you see some very weird stuff with the Brigmore Witches. The Brigmore Witches is a a mansion that ends with a giant mansion, which is always great in an immersive similar Hitman-style game, a Mm. big house Mm. full of rooms. and Different to the mansion from the end of Dishonored main game, when you infiltrate. Yeah, Yeah. this is very different. It's all kind of overgrown. Full of witches. Yeah, full of witches, yeah. I should play it then. Yeah, it's The cheap as well, the DLCs. Mm. The actual first DLC was like some weird minigame collection, but there was one section of it where it was just it was another mansion they just gave you a mansion and did a sort of thief style thing where it's like you can't kill anybody you can't be seen just mm. go and steal things off guards and that was really cool yeah. it was just like oh yeah this would really apply to just a thief type game as well you yeah. could yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah I'll check that out then have you guys all played Bury the Sea by the way by yeah. Sure? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah I didn't I couldn't go on with it really um, it was too some, I found it really uh, I found it quite difficult is that fair to say? I really I enjoyed. I struggled for ammo, and I yeah, just no, sort of that, 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 I think each each episode of that had a really different flavour to how it approached combat. And the first one was very much okay. It's going to be resource hunting, and it yeah. forces you to. I think if you if you if you try and like force your own will on it to an extent, like what you usually can do in Bioshock and a lot of immersive things, go okay. Well, I am going to play this way anyway. It becomes yeah. very difficult. But if you just roll with it and go, all right, well, I'm out of this. I've got to move to this. And I've got to sort of run about and do things like you know, I've got to I've got to be out of my comfort zone a lot. I found that really interesting. Part, part one's about. only okay. As I mean, well. yeah, and totally part right. two so is. I never played part two. Part two, part two is, is legit, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Uh, there, there's like a couple of story bits that are full on bullshit. <laughs> I think like those developers should be held to account is for. It living like, getting mad indulgent. What in the second one? Yeah, I like there's it. There's one specific <laughs> moment I think well, is the way just they tie up to the, the tie up. Is that what you don't like about it? You massive prick. Whoa. Is that how you? That's what the. the, the as in, like, the ways it ties to the first game, that's... Uh, no, the way it ties to a specific moment within Bioshock Infinite. Okay. Oh, yeah. right, okay, when you go leave back it, through leave the... Leave it there, because maybe I'll... Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to spoil it, first but... One. Um, I would play the first... Honestly, the first one's only two hours long. It's, it's so worth it. It's so thrilling, though, that scrabbling around for ammo. Well, wherever you are, 
if you've already been in combat, you've already halfway through at least. Ah, right. So honestly, one hour. I just got the Mister Frosty. Yeah, you're, de- you're definitely in the second half. Mm, um, yeah. I- I- honestly, Andy, it's so worth it. Like um, yeah. because the second one is just an immersive sim. Yeah, it's the like, combat in the second one is legit. Like it's you've got I mean, a crossbow. It feels different from everything in any Bioshock you've played before. And enemies have like stealth. Like they can detect you in the environment. You can see like signifiers oh, overhead. Yeah. Like you know whether they can see you or not like one two three and like it's so different you've got a crossbow and you're elizabeth just sneaking around like it's uh it's so good honestly and like i'm gonna give that a go then i'm gonna give it one more chance and i'll play the brigmore witches and it'll be good yeah Um, i feel like um replaying dishonor before the new one comes out actually but that's i know that's like a 40 hour commitment so (laughs) it can be you just want to just um like do the uh the best missions but try and get like high scores in them or whatever yeah Yeah, like lady boys party and yeah. Mm. yeah, worth it. All right, so number four, Mass Effect 2. We talked a bit about that. Uh, we talked a lot about it before. Um, but yeah, I, I still think it's the best in the series. But I appreciate that there are some people who don't think it's a great RPG in terms of like yeah, I don't think traditional of it, systems. But I don't think of it as an RPG. I think of it as a really good action game with talking. With talking, I agree. Yeah. I agree, yeah. like, um, And so, yeah, I think that some people think that we don't know what an RPG is when we nominate it. Yeah, but like, We should uh, avoid having an argument over which one the best in the series is because we've already done that and because we got a tweet from Tom Hatfield saying he wants us to talk about it for 45 minutes and that's just too much, Tom. No. It's not. It's also Chris isn't here, so we can't do it uh, the full mm. range. I but, just mm. count it as one entity, the Mass Effect That's the problem. I think yeah, it is. They are should be. It should be. I don't, ha- <laughs> yeah, I don't hate any of them. I just thought two overall has the uh, the best party, but I love the whole series, which I think I say in the, uh, in the text, actually. Mm. But... Anyway, um, okay, then Half Life Two at number three, down from number one last year. Mm. Um, so It'll always yeah. be there, won't it? Yeah, I think if like there's no like, sex, strong be number one contender in any year, uh, it just yeah. probably defaults to either Deus Ex or Half Life Two, still, or it has in the really past good. decade or something. Yeah, it's still yeah. perfectly great. Like, it's, it's amazing how well it's held up. Actually, like the the core, just shooting thing, things in that game still feels great. Yeah. The shotgun is good. The enemy AI is just hasn't really been improved upon in the last sort of decade. The atmosphere and stories really just it's just a fucking amazing game. So. Yeah. The only thing yeah. that's dated, I think, is the use of physics puzzles. Like that's it's so <laughs> the seesaw puzzles. Yeah. 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 But like, it, but that's such a small element. It of is a, a, it is a game a full of variety. You can do physics now. I would say I think it's dropped in my estimation slightly because of the quality of games like Wolfenstein the New Order and now Doom no, I think we have Doom. now finally yeah, got Doom's good. properly good single player FPSs again New like, Doom will definitely be in this list yes next year if mm. I'm still here mm. <laughs> yeah New Doom's awesome yeah um, yeah no I think I think you're right but like uh, yeah it's, it will always be here and like, I think we're yeah. starting to see developers who can make really great FPS campaigns in a way that possibly will in future, as we look back on these things, take the sheen off Half Life a bit. It's no longer quite as singularly like this is this is how you should do level design. I think there, there are now challenges, like real strong challenges. Yeah, yeah. Wolfenstein sort of variety um, taps into that Half Life thing of every level um, feeling quite different. Know, maybe if Valve want to secure their place in the list in future, they should, they should release <laughs> Half Life Three. Yeah. I'm sure they'll get right on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Holy shit, we might end up outside the top ten. <laughs> I replayed uh, Ravenholm recently doing a no no guns run and that's still right, the just, most fun I think yeah, just the I've way had an FPS for ages Fully, yeah, just yeah. using the gravity gun and just that sort of panic of the zombies coming towards you and you panic where's the nearest radiator like, yeah where's the radiator or carrying one like saw blade for like yeah, most of the level yeah, like, yeah, a trusty yeah. like companion really good yeah. horde yeah. moment at the end of that which is kind of mm. um, uh, you see the sort of the genetic link between that and Left 4 Dead, the Horde moments. Yeah. Uh, it is really interesting to see that. that Father, Father Grigori is brilliant as well. Yeah. He's such a, like, 
he's like a great um, Joel J. Romero type character yeah. like who feels like separate from the Half-Life universe he's like one of those you know, crazy ranting priests with a shotgun he's brilliant the way that whole <clears throat> section we should probably just do a really detailed feature on the section because it, it, uh, like all the whole, the colour palette itself shifts into old horror movie colours and yeah, it, yeah. It, it feels grainy it's a bit where you see a silhouette of one of those um uh, things jump, you know, jumping across the moon. Like it's yeah, proper, like horror movie imagery. It's amazing, isn't it? They just went, let's make a horror game inside Half Life yeah. Two, and yeah. they've done it brilliantly. That's so good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's, uh, that's cool. If only Valve still made things that weren't Dota patches and <laughs> TF2 patches <laughs> and hats. Yeah, uh, but hey, um, yeah, I'm sure that'll be in the list forever. I mean, the original Half Life is still in there as well. Yeah. Um, not in the top ten, but in the top 100 certainly. Uh, it will never go away, I'm sure. Um, so at number two, up from number 57 last year, is Dark Souls. Um, and I think there's a few reasons behind that. One, we've got more staff on team who like Dark Souls now than we did last year, including you, Andy, who you've really come around to Dark yeah. Souls. And like um, James Davenport as well, who reviewed the third one for us. Did I, I wonder if I put, did I put three in my list? I think you put three. Yeah, I would have, <laughs> I think, I mean, I only say that because it's the only one I've stuck with and finished, but I, you know, I think if I, if I said to somebody, go and play Dark Souls, the first Dark Souls game, I'd say three purely because it has a lot of time saving stuff like um, mm. that it will instantly, because you can unlock fast travel later in the original Dark Souls, but in three, it's, all, it's a lot more streamlined. There's a lot less running back through waves of enemies to get to retry a boss which you inevitably mess up yeah. and run you know it's like, yeah so I'd, I'd say I'd recommend three above the others but everyone who's finished one so this is best, one of so. those arbitrary um, moments where we me and Tyler uh, on our, our big global call decided that Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 3 were probably similarly similar enough that we shouldn't put yeah. both of them on the list. A lot of people say it's like great. Maybe that's entirely fair, but a lot yeah. of people said, yeah, no, it is just like, it's, it's Dark Souls 1, but really refined. And, yeah. and, and Dark Souls 1 came out on top of the vote, so that's the one that stuck around. Uh, but I think we did kind of bump up Dark Souls 1 a bit just to... Yeah. Make yeah, up for the fact that like a lot of people on team voted for one Dark Souls or another. Mm. Some people even voted for Dark Souls Two, the Lunatics. Uh, 50, uh, 50, 57 um, <laughs> last year. I can't remember who voted for it. I can look it up. So we can change. I mean, I'm, I enjoyed Dark Souls Two, but that's madness. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Fifty-seven, like last year, seems kind of low to me as well. Like um, it mm. is one of those games that feels to me like it should be in the top twenty. Um, obviously, you know, you have to count Durante's patch as part. Yeah, of it, I guess yeah. that it was yeah, a case good. of the specific balance of freelancers and main is about just kept that out yeah and so that is uh, the number change is but nothing also, more I than a reflection if, of, again yeah. it's another case where the fact that Dark Souls 3 had just released kind of reinforced how much everybody loved Dark Souls 1 as well I think so yeah I, I think, think that might be whereas like last year people the, the last Dark Souls that had happened was Dark Souls 2 last year and Bloodborne was the thing but yeah, that yeah. wasn't available for voting for on PC Gamer so hey I who knows with the with PlayStation Now uh, on PC, maybe uh, they'll put PS4 games on there at some point. You'll be able to play Bloodborne on your PC. Who knows? I prefer Bloodborne to Dark Souls. Uh, shame, yeah. Controversial opinion. Shame, <laughs> no, it's shame it's not a PC. I think a lot of people yeah. feel the same way, don't they? Amazing, amazing but, uh, game. I would have voted for Bloodborne, but I'm not going to vote for a Dark Souls because I've never been able to get into them. Yeah, one day I'll give it a proper go, but hey, for now, there's plenty of people keeping it in the top 100, so it's fine. Yep, um, good times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, okay, number one then. Uh, we announced this a little uh, while ago anyway, but uh, and obviously people who read the magazine have known this for a month, yep. but it's The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, yeah. and it's associated DLC, which are all excellent. Mm. Um, so this is this was like quite an easy choice for number one. Like It won the vote by miles, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it comfortably... 
it, it was touch and go for a while as I was compiling the list, but by the end, I think it was quite clear it was going to be The Witch 3. Yeah. Easily, though, to the point where there was no, like, oh, these came close. Is there any way we, you know, is there any, like, argument there to be made for one having it and the other? No, it was easily The Witcher. It was always going to be The Witcher at that point. Yeah. No, which is, which is uh, you know, uh, obviously really cool and, and really yeah. valid to have a, a different number one this year. Another game that last year was... What forties something? Forties, and it can definitely be attributed to the fact that we did that list in. It June. hadn't been out. It was probably at that point. It was probably only people who had been playing it for review could yeah. have voted for it. Yeah. So, mm. so that's that's why. And also, the DLC came out, yeah, and Blood it was and amazing. Tipped it over for a vote for me. Mm. I, I wouldn't have. I would just didn't really that. like it that much until Blood and Wine. I didn't then. start playing it till like December last year. Mm. Uh, so. But yeah, it turns out it's amazing. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's and, and so as more people played it, it just you know everyone knew it's it's as good as everyone said it was when it came out originally. So yeah, it's that's a product of the time frame more than anything. Mm-hmm. People have had a t- had time to play a one hundred hour RPG. I mean, what I would say to the sort of people who <laughs> prowl the internet, uh, jumping on any news post about any RPG that's not The Witcher, going, "Why are you reporting on this? You should be talking about The Witcher. The Witcher is amazing. There is no game better than The Witcher." Just tone it down a couple of notches. <laughs> because part of the reason I didn't play it till December was because I found that so tiresome. Like it, it, when when I did my Fallout review, a game I really enjoyed. A lot of the comments were like, "Don't don't give it a good score because The Witcher exists." Well, hey, we and think the, like, we think collectively The Witcher is better, and that's why like, the A Witcher, it scored higher and B it's number one. <laughs> the Witcher is better, but that doesn't like nullify the achievement of every other game that exists. Yeah, no, I, of course, yeah. and uh, just. Just drop it a couple of notches, guys. It's nice to see though, because like um, it's it's they, CD Projects took such a punt on making that game. Mm. They spent you know a lot of money, um, and you know it went from this thing where I think Witcher Two was sort of like between the A and B tiers of RPG, and then they were like, mm. now we want to be A plus, and they yeah, went for it. Look and they did the, it. If you look at like the the release of the, those three games, and like the amount of improvement between each one has been staggering. It's like, like if yeah. it's like imagine yeah. an alternate universe where um, Risen. 3 turned out mm. to be absolutely just stonking, amazing. one of the biggest, most luscious, detailed <laughs> like, open worlds ever with yeah. amazing writing. All, like, all things that if you played The Witcher 1, you could not see The Witcher 3. You, you, I couldn't even envisage it as a thing that exists yeah. like, mm. based on a game that I didn't quite, I didn't really like. like. I was not a big fan of The Witcher 1 at all. You see the potential in 2, for sure. Yeah. You do, yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's on the right direction, but even then, it's just, it's something else entirely. Yeah. And like, yeah, like you say, the writing, uh, you know, incredibly good. Quest design, really yeah. sort of like different to anything else out there. And some really, like, a, a lovely mix of quite uh, harrowing, quite bleak stuff but also some really funny amusing moments and not just like oh here's a funny side quest but they have the bits of humor laced through the main story as well uh just based on the characters that Geralt is interacting with yeah yeah no i i, I it's uh, it's a, a more than worthy winner and i'm pleased to it's just nice to see a new number one as well on this list just mm. combat could be better but you know. yeah yeah i think everyone's yeah, agreed i, I just uh, i just put the whole thing on easy yeah <clears throat> Because uh, when you can just batter through combat, you feel more like Geralt, hmm. you know, experienced Witcher, and you can just enjoy the story without we trying yeah. to fight a million times. I've seen two sort of schools of thought based on that. Is like, yeah, turn it to easy and just 
blow through the combat, enjoy the story, enjoy the world, or whatever. Or all the people are going, oh no, you've got to put it onto like really hard, so you've yeah. got to do all the potion stuff, and you've really got to apply, prepare for each fight. I find that quite difficult because I think some of the fights that happen are just sort of randomly. Oh, now this guy's attacking you, and you've not had a chance to prepare for it, or it's not been part of the like. That's fine for the actual hunts that you do when you take on a contract and go looking for someone, but yeah. in terms of just <clears throat> ploughing through the story, it just there took is me out of again being up by a group of like bandits wearing those weird peasant hats that all people, all peasants wear in medieval That's stuff. Very <laughs> you know, those floppy dumbass hats getting killed like by like ten hat. of them. But yeah. yeah, you know, with the sort of things hanging down. Oh right, those medieval peasant hats getting like beaten up by like five of them because they're level 10 and Geralt's level 8 it was like it's one of those very gamey things isn't it yeah, the idea that like any, any band of three bandits could beat yeah. up Geralt the master swordsman slash mutant slash whatever well yeah. Well, that's, a, that's a good that's a, a good tip then you know if people haven't played it before also Gwent is in the Witcher 3 also Gwent which is good enough that it became its own game yeah like it's uh, no it's, it's cool to see I honestly would have found it quite boring if Half-Life 2 was number one again this year like it's just nice to see that change I, I can't see anything in the next year beating The Witcher mm. 3 like I mean mm. Mass Effect Andromeda would have to be amazing in order yeah. to, to get to get to that point but I like anything released so far is really no, she's really got it. No, no, not quite. But um, you know, XCOM two made a big splash in that in top in that top twenty as well. So um, at number nineteen. So yeah, I guess we'll see. Dishonored two next year, almost for for sure, unless it's uh, it turns out to shit the bed halfway through or something. I don't <laughs> know. Uh, exciting. Mm. To to wrap up then, uh, we actually have uh, here some of the uh, reader comments on and reactions to the list that we'll very quickly just run through and answer. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So, starting with this one from a guy called Crowbar. It's Fallout 4 on 37. I mean, I know that lists like this are dumb as hell, but seriously? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a number 37. Yeah. It's, uh... You've identified the space that game goes. <laughs> okay, cool. This one's from Pinchy. You still insist on Diablo 3 being a good game. Covered it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it, is. it is. It is. Uh, it yeah. is. And Sorry. Hence, hence <laughs> is in the list. Um, Diablo 2 is also in the list, so, you know. Yeah, both good. Okay, this is from uh, someone called Ray Chen. No respect for any list. It includes the crappy and overhyped Overwatch. Um, it's a good game, yeah, uh, a cultural phenomenon. and uh, It has its detractors, and they're not necessarily wrong. You know, there are things about it you might not like, but I think overall... We and if you write it's... off an entire list because it contains one game you don't like, then maybe you're being a bit uh, knee-jerky. Maybe your knee's gone right through the desk. <laughs> I think you're smashing correct, your, yourself in the face with shards of desk. Yeah. Oh, that was quite a takedown, Andy. It's good. Um, this one, uh, you put in Alien Isolation, but not Amnesia the Dark Descent. That's like putting in Doom 3, but not Doom 1 and or Doom oh, 2. Amnesia no. is not is not good. Uh, as good as Alien Isolation. It, um, Come on finish. Now. Let him finish. Okay, okay. And so Amnesia the Dark Descent was the survival horror. What survive, uh, What Silent Hill 2 was the survival horror. That's from Dr. No, Pooh. That- <laughs> 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 okay, this yeah. Silent Hill, Silent Hill, Hill two and that. Amnesia what, aren't com- comparable. One, one that is wrong. My eyes. Two that it's by a man called Doctor Pooh <laughs> or woman. Sorry, Doctor Pooh. Three that the, the the repeat of is to survival horror. What this is to survival horror doesn't make. That's not how you meant to do that phrase. <laughs> no, that's definitely that, great. That's the Silent Hill four of uh, comments. <laughs> <laughs> and it is to Silent Hill three. What Silent Hill four is to Amnesia, <laughs> the machine for pigs. <laughs> Um, no, I, uh, that's no, Alien a, is better than Amnesia. That's yeah, just, just 100% is. 
Facts. I, I agree that Amnesia is influential, but like um, Alien Isolation... This is not a list of influential games. No, it's not. Um, you may enjoy the uh, 50 most important PC games list. Uh, Although to Amnesia also is not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very true. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, cool. Okay, so this is from Kevin Ramirez. Uh, World of Warcraft Top 68. This sucks classification, triple X glam. Um, <laughs> well, it should be among the 10 best games. I think we responded to this on... This Was this a comment on the site? Uh, yes, I think we responded to this with the fifty most important games because it's on there. Wow, it is on there. Um, and we important. and uh, and you know, sixty eight still pretty good. Uh, World of Warcraft is increasingly one of those games where you each expansion is a thing you can recommend to somebody who really plays World of Warcraft. I don't know if I'd jump, recommend anybody jump into the game fresh now. Like if you've never played World of Warcraft before, are you? Should you really play it? Yeah, I, I know what oh. you mean. Yeah, I mean, well, who's got the time? Well, you know, it's in the list, and it is in the six, list. 68 is good, you know. Uh, but hey, thanks, Kevin. Um, okay, uh, this Thank is this is from Stephen Savinsky. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, is Deus Ex in top three? If no, it's incorrect, and I won't bother reading. Well, if you don't no. read, you'll never know, will you? And you we're not going to tell you. Yeah, even yeah. though we just read it out. Even though we've read out the top five, yeah. and it wasn't there. No, it's true. Okay. I think it's number six, actually. <laughs> okay, in, in which case, Stephen, it's incorrect. Um, so <laughs> fair enough. Um, that's for, okay. So we've got one from NeoGaf here. Um, uh, user called Let Me Try This Name. Wow, it gets worse every year. It's like a list written by 16 year olds who didn't play PC games until some guys on YouTube were like Master Race. Am I right? Uh, well, I was born oh, in 1988. I'll have you um, on 31. I've so. been I've been in games media longer than YouTube has existed as an entity of covering games. So and so is Andy. <laughs> so Andy I literally think, predates YouTube. I think working in games media. So yeah, 13 years. Yeah, so. Much experience, my friend. Sure, know, our shitty opinions have nothing to do with our age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have you know we forged our own shitty opinions, and we didn't need YouTube in order to do it. Um, okay, that bingo image bothers me more than the list. It's like they have. They take into consideration the internet's opinions and just throw them in the in the trash. <laughs> That's from Pappy yeah. Tender. He's really going to yeah. love this section of the podcast. Uh, correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why? Why should the why should the opinions of some people on the internet affect the uh, direct? The decisions we make. Also, why is it also, why is it okay for the internet to throw opinions at us, but for us to not have a bit of fun with maybe what those opinions might be? I also point out, like, if you've not seen this, this is the uh, internet reaction bingo page that we created as the joke page of the top 100 issue of the magazine, which is also attached to the top 100 post, um, and makes fun of us either as much or more than it does internet reactions. Like, yeah, it really does. Um, that is a list that points the finger at ourselves yeah we things we've did done bad it's yeah for sure like the last two squares are entirely an oh shit we forgot to put thief 2 in the list uh admission so yeah but cheers pappy tendo um it's that, it's that line it's that line um it's like they take into consideration the internet's opinions and then just throw them in the trash it's that it's that sort of like the kind of forlorn like oh man how could you do this um but fair enough Not the internet's opinions it's. Uh, I don't. I don't mind people disagreeing with the list. It's just funny. That's yeah. all. Um, okay. Burst out laughing at number one. I mean, seriously, how much did they pay you? That's from. Uh, I'm going to say now. <laughs> What's a lovely name? Sorry, the punchline today was the name of that user. Uh, Slut magnet is the Slut name. Slut magnet. Um, Slut magnet. What a quaint name. I'm going to say now. Did not burst out laughing. I guarantee that did not happen. That's, got, that's hyperbole right it, there. I mean, yeah, and also, yeah, if if, you, if it's that funny, like uh, yeah. watch some real comedy. Yeah, like communities on Netflix. That's a that's a good yeah. show. The game being in a list makes you burst out laughing. Like some of my my most beloved comedies, not make me burst out laughing. 
Yeah, I've, yeah, I like I watch Arrested Development all the time, and I just it's like uh, like a mid to light level yeah, of laughter yeah, frequently. Yeah, you know? whimsical appreciation. He, he did not burst out laughing at that. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah, if that's funny, then you know, oh geez. I mean, hey, but thank you for your opinion. You know, it's good. And what a great username, Slut Magnet. Uh, I wonder if that's uh, his Christian name. Um, okay, cool. Uh, so uh, this these are some slightly more uh, well, these are some real questions, I guess, but. Some um, of them are also quite angry at us, but at well, least. You, you've called this section two uh, actual questions slash discussion points, whereas I don't want to say what section one was called, but <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. Uh, this is from Drew Lawrence. Disappointing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Disappointing. Rather than just talk about the games, it would have been nice to know why they are on the list or have gone up and down. I like to think the text does that. Well, yeah, to an extent. I think like we don't address the fact that. The Witcher or the uh, or Dark Souls has gone up massively in the text. We're too busy just like heaping praise upon them for mm. being great, um, but we have discussed them this episode so already. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would. I. I. It's a shame that you, if you don't feel the list has given you that, but I like to think that we tried to do that. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah. Um, okay, cool. Uh, why is Good Wars too high than WoW when WoW had so much more impact than uh, other MMOs? Wrong list. Uh, not considering uh, Ultima Online, I think we pointed this out to Theoria yeah, on the um, on the site, and uh, they went cool. Thank you. So yeah, there is uh, there is just a list of what we think are the fifty most important games on PC, and that's not like that's not a a moving list uh, like like a thing that's designed to be updated every year. That is like done by category of decades like this is what we think was really influential in that year yeah and that's the sort of list where like world of warcraft is gonna feature prominently because you know you can't state its importance but as i said earlier i'm not sure it's something i'd point new people in the direction of particularly so no and that um and that list is uh is if you love pc gaming well worth reading has contributions from the likes of cliffy b and john carmack and uh, yeah. an amazing project put together by uh where's our feature center in the u.s um okay cool this is from Thyco, uh, just a question. How are some of the games jumping down so many ranks? Uh, brackets, Dark Souls and Oblivion. And some, like Call of Pripyat, are now just entering the list. I would have thought Call of Pripyat would, should have been in the list the moment it came out. Um, this comes down, again, to it's the staff who pick it. And um, it, whoever works for us that year, or it, it comes into the PC gamer yeah. sphere, writers come and go and always have. That's what determines the list. Yeah, so new this- freelancers, new writers, and people just going back and playing things that aren't in there. Like, if if me and you, Sam, do end up playing Vampire the Masquerade at some point this year and really like it, maybe that will jump up the list again because we'll go, oh, yeah, that's a really good game. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's uh, there's a, you know, a very specific way this list is um, mm. put together. So It's so wholly subjective. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um, so, yeah, and the, the number thing that we say last year is more to illust- give a continuity to the list rather than, mm. like, to say this game's better this year. Yeah. It's not that at all. Um, okay, cool. Bonus reply. I think the reason is that it's a dumb list that a bunch of games journalists came up with, possibly while consuming alcoholic beverages. That's from Hillshift. Well, we were we were sober actually. We were sober. I mean, <laughs> we I, don't need alcohol for our stupid opinions. Alcohol's a weekend thing for me, you know. But mm. like, uh, it has no bearing on this list. But um, that's a good comment. Um, these lists always make me want to be a gaming journalist. It must be the funniest moment of the job where you guys make a meeting to discuss everything. Hell, it must have some good kicks and giggles moments. Um, by the way, is Planescape Tournament uh, Torment uh, playable today? I would have thought it wouldn't run on Windows 7 64-bit, for instance. Good to know. I Well, I, I never played Planescape Torment. Um, run and hide under the table. That's from Gabe Anuris. Um Well, I haven't God, played... 
GOG version of yeah. Torment runs fine. GOG version on, on of runs fine. Um, yeah, everything that every game on uh, Windows that they ha- that they sell works on Windows 10. That was a uh, promise they made. as well to uh, make it work on widescreen displays, yeah, so mod- displays high stuff, resolutions. Um, like so, yeah. All the Infinity Engine games are, have yeah. stacks of mods. They'll on do and stuff a like that. Yeah. Baldur's Gate style uh, remaster of Torments, and I reckon quite mm. possibly. Yeah, I, although mm. I think I, was that one of the ones that the rights got a bit messy uh, so for. Maybe not. So I think it took them a while to get. Planescape Torment yeah. on GOG at all. Uh, I've always um, bounced off that. I've always meant to. Get into I'm the same, it. yeah. I've played like two or three hours of it, and it's just. There's a lot of reading to do, you know? Yeah. Mm. What's mm. the. Um, what is the. Con- I don't really know this game either. What is the connection between it and um, Torment, Tides of Numenera? Is there like any connection it's to those? Set in Tor- uh, Planescape is a Dungeons and Dragons like campaign setting. Mm. It's like a little bit weirder than the sort of uh, Forgotten Realms, which is more traditional fantasy. So Tides of Numenera is just set in the Planescape. Setting and is so it no, it's, it's not. not, it's no, not no, because it's not. It's not got the D and D license. Oh, That's why they have to. It's, Mirror, it's not Planescape. The setting. Ah. Torment is just. We're the same devs, and we're going to do a game that's in that. It's spiritual wrong. successor kind of stuff. Or sim- similar devs. See, I thought it was Planescape, Tides and Amira, and they'd set it in the same setting, but they haven't. So it's just no, like it's a. Just, Torment is the ah. the, the, the operating word <clears> in like this crossover. Yeah, spiritual successor type stuff, really. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, um, and yeah, it's kind of a giggle, I guess, doing the top one hundred. Yeah, it good. can also be quite fraught and tiring because I really like it. I, I genuinely have so much fun uh, writing it, and it's a, a fun thing to read. And I remember reading it when I was reading the magazine. It was it was always a cool thing. It's you know? a very like try it at home and pick your bet the, your top fifteen games of all time for the purposes of today, like. It's just difficult because there's a lot of games out there. Yeah, it's hard. Like I, I could probably, I'd still probably struggle to make a list of a hundred, my hundred top games, like mm. that I, I personally enjoy myself, you know. Mm. But um, hey ho. Okay, next question uh, from Michael Johnson. What's the deal with Return to Castle Wolfenstein? Um, so we covered we that, covered that. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, like, John Strike really likes it. And I, I vow to you that I will vote for the new order next year. We should um, get the new order. Justice for New York, new order. That's yeah, because <laughs> we uh, still feel guilty about it. Um, why don't you add more memes to PC Gamer? That's from Will K. This looks like it should have been in section one. We've got the we've got the Garrett Bath pick. We do not need any more memes. It's true. We're well covered on the meme front. And our final question is from Zando Haha. Uh, I don't understand why year after year this list puts Portal 1 ahead of Portal 2. Portal 1 was a proof of concept tech demo, Portal 2 the finished article. It does everything Portal 1 does and much more. If you were only going to play one of them, how could anyone realistically recommend that hour-long Portal 1 is a superior choice compared to the full-length sequels? I completely completely disagree. I think Portal 1 is nigh on perfect. Just to finish finish Zandohaha's point, um, uh, playing the full-length sequel plus the ability to play an almost unending supply of user-made puzzles. But... They're both on the list. They're both like, on the list, yeah. I, I agree with I Phil that... Um, a surprising number of people think, oh, Portal 2 should definitely be higher, and I just don't see it at all. Uh, like Portal 1 is such a, a, a lovely, self-contained thing. Like, I like uh, I th- this idea of it being a kind of proof of concept rings true with me. I feel like 2 uh, is like they use the, that proof of concept to make it, you know, a game. No, no yeah, I, I disagree. Think, I think it was slightly bad. Like, there are long sections of Portal 2 where it's not about... Like, you can only place the portals in one specific place because it's just trying to funnel you through a little story path for I think a while. And it, the Portal 1 is perfect 
size for the mechanic that they'd mm. invented. And what they had to do was flesh out Portal 2 with the paint stuff. And that which was is never, cool. Which is all right, but it was never as good as the Portal. You know, it's never as innovative and interesting. So I'm as the, the portal lone stuff. Portal 2 liker. Not, I love it. Not like an yeah, yeah. elevator and above Portal. Yeah. The, thing that, <laughs> the thing they mentioned that is spot on is like as a, as a thing to get other user made levels and just experience like hung, potentially unlimited. Portal fun and if, the co-op is great. The co-op is really yeah, good the as well. Is, uh, Portal Two that really makes it. Yeah, but yeah both I do think games. Portal One is like <clears throat> faultless almost. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I thought it was just a perfect sort of beginning, middle, and end of that idea expressed mm. in in that game. Like no way, I, I don't know if it was like it's not an hour long either, is it? It's like two or three hours long, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but hey ho, like four or yeah. five. I don't know. I mean, an hour if you know yeah. what you're doing. You can mm. run through it in an hour now, I'm sure. And I, I, it's close to me. I just, uh, it's just so, it just seems so plain to me personally that like that is so complete a game um, and a perfect representation of that idea. I, I, I love the story stuff in two for sure. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah, Portal Two for me is like very close to a perfect game. I think if I reviewed it for us, I'd give it the highest score, like one of the highest scores I've ever ever given. But nah. yes. Yeah, so they're both just incredible bits of design and different ways. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Both long on the list. Hope that answers your question. And uh, that is pretty much the end of the podcast. Uh, the top 100 has been and gone, uh, and uh, I've enjoyed it. It's been good. We um, survived, right? We survived. <laughs> we lived through another one. I'm glad we made it longer this year. So if we flesh out what we're saying a little bit more, and I'm, I'm pleased there are so many games from the last year on that list. And uh, yeah, it'll be back in 12 months, uh, shortly after E3, oh that God. July issue. Um, but hey, let's uh, let's get through Christmas first. Next up is the Game of the Year Awards. Um, and we've got to find out which of Dark Souls 3 or Overwatch or Dishonored 2 will be number one. Or number one? No, the Game the of winner. the Year. The, the, the game winner. of... Um, but no, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, and uh, hopefully you have enjoyed this podcast. And like I say, you want to read the whole list? It's all on PCGamer.com now. Um, and uh, yeah, go check it out. 